Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 484. 16 more episodes, one a week, 16 weeks. I don't know. We're going to be inside of this season when we uh, hit the 500th episode of Let's Talk CFL podcast. It's going to be awesome, eh? Awesome. I mean, we've been doing this for a long time. Uh, Anyhow, uh, what's going on? Well, the football season, uh, training camp starts in like, what, two weeks? Uh, yeah, we're like right around the corner. We got football. It's kind of exciting. And what's not, what's really exciting is this is a plethora packed news week for the CFL. There's lots for us to discuss this weekend. Some of it's pretty lame and stupid, but you know what? It's still news and we're going to deal with it. And that's all we've got to do. And hey, we get to talk about Baltimore Stallions. We get to talk about Rule changes. There's rule changes coming. We are all, we always get new rule changes. Most of them are pretty mundane. Uh, these ones I kind of like. So we'll see how that goes. We'll get into this discussion. And uh, what else are we going to talk about? All sorts of things. Anyhow, and stupid Bo Levi Mitchell, because uh, he called himself dumb. I mean, shit, man. You're on, a, you're on a radio show with somebody. You're on a podcast. And you go, yeah, I'm not smart enough to uh, figure this out. Uh, Dude, man, you do not admit shit like that. Whether or not it's real, whether or not it's factual, you don't admit that. So by just admitting it, he's actually correct. Um, He's dumber than the post. Anyhow. So let's see what goes on. Anyhow, what else is going on? What's happening in my world? Uh, Not much, anything. You know Here's something really weird. I get this call from – I've been telling you guys I got a bad knee, and I'm going in for surgery, and my doctor did something really wonderful. The surgeon did something really wonderful. He really um, – he expedited my surgery, so it's supposed to happen in the next four weeks, which is pretty exciting. So now the, the booking nurse, phone, booking agent for the hospital phones me, the surgical booking agent phones me and says that uh, – you have to have an interview with a, a, a registered nurse prior to your surgery. And I went, sure, okay. And she says it's going to take about 15 minutes. And I go, that's a long time. What do I need to talk to her for 15 minutes about? I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, I'm going to go into surgery. You're going to freeze my knee. You're either going to, you can't put me out because I'm asthmatic, so I don't do general anesthetic. So you're just going to put me off into la-la land and stick to things in my knee and play around in there for a while. And then I'm going to leave with, and supposed to be able to walk on my own. Well, I'm supposed to be able to put weight on it. So probably walking with crutches or something like this. Okay. So what's the big deal? Okay. Tell me, okay, what can you do? Okay. Go home, rest it, keep it elevated. Don't keep it elevated. Ice it, take some drugs. These are the drugs we want you to do. What, what exactly can they do to tell you? 15 minutes would be a long conversation with me with anybody. Okay, because I, I just don't like talking to people. Um, so she's going to talk to me for 15 minutes on this. So anyhow, they make an appointment. They make an appointment. So at 
on on April 21st at nine at eight fifteen in the morning, she's going to phone me. So she phones me. She goes, "Okay, can you be in a in a uninterrupted conversation for an hour?" And I said, "No." And she goes, "Well, this conversation is going to be an hour." I said, "I was told it's going to be fifteen minutes." No, the shortest it's going to be is about forty minutes. It's going to take probably an hour. They booked you in for an hour. I says, "I can't sit here and talk to you for an hour. I got work to do." So she got she hung up on me. Bitch. Anyhow, um, so I, I, the, the booking nurse phones me back, and I go, like, what do you need to talk to me for an hour for? You, I'm, this isn't kindergarten. Give me a list of shit you want me to do. Email it to me, and I'll do it, right? I mean, I'm a big boy. Uh, no, no, that's not what's going to happen. i got to talk to this fucking nurse for 40 minutes to an hour. Dumber than shit. Anyhow, uh, that's my stint. I, I, I can't figure that one out at all. But let's talk some football. Let's bring in the panel and see what we can do, because we have all three guys here tonight. Uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Cliff. How are you doing, Charles? Hello. I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Other than our last story, obviously. Yeah. I'm How can we tell them that we're getting close? Yeah. I was just saying, how can you tell that? I was just going to say, how can you tell we're getting close to the season? I did not have a trouble doing the agenda today. It was actually very easy. I was done in 15 minutes. I I I wish every week was that easy. I sent you that one story. I said, Charles, yeah, I knew I put that in. (laughs) And that was actually our. That was actually going to be our first segment today, but then the new, uh, league dropped some news today, and then I felt uh, I think this should be our number one segment. We'll get to that in a few minutes. We we are going to get to that lead story yep. too. So I don't know. Should we? Yeah, no kidding. We're going to have to take that one out because we might not have time for the rest of them. Okay, because these are good. Well, good that one story changes. might take I'm, up I'm the entire two hours. Of them. Yeah, it, it could, but then. You know, we can laugh about Bo Levi. We can talk about Touchdown Atlantic, Chris Jones, Vernon Adams, Zach Claros, John Cornish, and, and the draft. Who gives a shit about most of those things, right? So I, I have no problems taking up, you know, the first hour or more on the first segment because we can do that. Oh, me too. I'm, and, I'm hey, more than fine with that because it's worth, worth talking about. Yeah. So. So. It, it's pretty exciting stuff. So, anyhow, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, William. William, how are you doing, buddy? What's up? What's you? What's I, new? What's I, wonderful? I, I am good. Nothing new. Um, I think summer is finally coming to Calgary, which which is what I'm looking forward to. But I was going to mention, you know, I mentioned this last week, and I'm going to mention it again, that I think we are the best football podcast on the air right now, despite what all those people on Google reviews say, because... Yeah, I'm not that grumpy of an old man, and I don't care what you say, okay? So you can say what you want. But no, give a I shit reading, if I swear too much. No, and I was reading something where some guy was saying on another podcast, it's really hard to find things to talk about about the CFL all year long. Well, despite what Charles said, we managed to do it, do we not? Okay, we talk about we CFL football. All year long. So don't tell me there's not stuff out there, because there is. And we managed to talk about it. And and so, hey, I mean, I, I guess people just don't try as hard as we do. So I'm thinking we should get an E for effort, okay? 
That simple. I, and I Charles, you do a great. I, I and Charles, wanted... you do a great job of putting the agenda together. So. Yeah, and I wasn't and saying I know, there wasn't I, stuff I, I, to talk to. I'm just her... saying that it's uh, a lot of times some it's weeks easier. are tougher than others yeah, doing the agenda. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. But we still manage to find stuff to talk about, right? Okay. Yes. I want to thank Charles for doing it. William, hang on. Yes. I want to thank Charles for doing this because I think a round of applause yes. here that he does a wonderful job. Uh, it's amazing, and he's a very important and integral part of our team. Charles, thank you. Yes, indeed. Thank you. You blushing? And I, w- no. I was going to add. I was going to add, Christopher. You know, I, I don't know. I, I tend to think that. You know, Bo Levi called himself dumb, and you think that's kind of dumb, but okay, I have one thing to say. Bo Levi Mitchell is a football he's player. He's a football I, I, player. I know, I know. Do you expect anything else? Just saying. No, no, I know, I know, I know. And it, we're going to get to that anyhow, William, and you'll, you can talk all about how dumb he is. But uh, let's uh, let's bring Rudy into the show. Rudy, how are you, buddy? Oh, good evening, fellas. Uh, <laughs> I'm stressed out. We uh, we do not have summer coming here at all right now. Okay. Um, in Winnipeg and Brandon, the streets are uh, basically melted out, and there's a ton of rain now. And rural Manitoba here, we got tons of snow everywhere still. The lakes are flooded. Uh, last year. Three weeks ago, we were seeding, and yesterday, you could go drive your snowmobile around if you want. Uh, I got tons of shit to get ready to get back up to the lodge here and start working. I uh, got some trailers to weld on. Um, Swoop canceled their flights to Toronto, so now I got to go book with WestJet or Air Canada. Instead of paying 400 for an all-around trip, I, I'm going to be looking at about 1200 now. <laughs> Um, and yeah, no, I think we have a pretty good, uh, pretty good podcast here on there, CJ. You know, we got Charles with the, the good agendas and Will, uh, Will keeps it interesting. Uh, I balance it out with the age thing and, uh, you know, if, 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 if anyone complains about the show, I really think it's just the woke crowd and, uh, I don't think that's the people we need to cater to anyway. If someone's going to listen to your show, I think it's going to be a, a good blue-collar, hard-working Canadian. Fucking right. There you go. Yeah, absolutely agree. Okay. Yeah. And you're going to listen to the show or you're going to listen to the show? I personally think that it's very educational, uh, informative, if nothing else. Uh, the, the people on here are not dumb shits and they're not boring, and they don't stutter when they talk, and they're very quick to the mic to come up with things. Sometimes we're talking over top of each other, okay, which is kind of annoying. But uh, at the same time, it's important that everybody has the ability to communicate on the subjects that we're doing, dealing with. It it, it is. It's very important. And uh, we've had people on the show before that just cannot think fast enough and they can't get their mouth moving quick enough to participate. And that's not the case here. And I, I'm, I'm kind of happy with my team that I got. And I'm, uh, I think I'm, I'm proud of my podcast, whether or not people like it or not, and whether I don't give a shit. I really don't. I could care less. If you don't like it, don't listen. Um, 
it's it's you know it's fifty eight dollars a month that I spend, and I think uh, it's very well spent. American, uh, thirty five dollars Canadian, uh, thirty five dollars American comes up fifty eight Canadian or something like that. So that's what it cost me to do blog talk. Not that this is the best podcast system out there. I don't know if there's another one. There's got to be. This one sucks. Uh, but we're all here, and we've got uh, 484 episodes that are, are um, what do you call it, archived here with this uh, organization, and we're keeping it here. So let's uh, talk some football. You guys ready for that? Yep. Yep. The, C- the CFL is unveiling a package of changes designed to leverage some of the its game's greatest strengths a bigger field, exciting kick returns, and high-octane offense. Should we talk about this? I think this is kind of an important subject. And uh, Randy Ambrosi, who, uh, you know, I I don't dislike the man. I'm not a fan of his by any stretch of the means. I, I can be civil with him. I've met him several times. I got pictures with him. Anyhow, uh, he's a big boy, uh, and I, or I'm not. Let's see what happens. Uh, okay, so the number one rule change that they have come up with, in, in my opinion, is the change to the hash marks. Now, a lot of people don't understand what the hash marks are. Does anybody on the panel here want to tell me what they do? Can you tell me? You know what the hash marks are, right? They're the little white lines that are yeah. that are every yard, and there's two lines on each side of the, the field, and they go down equal from the middle. Do you know what the hash no, marks the yard are there for? Right, but why are they there? Well, to mark your field out. It's a re- go ahead. No, that's not, that's not why they're there. And that's, this is what most people kind of blow off. They don't actually realize how important the hash marks are and what they do and why this rule change makes a difference. Okay? So you can see them. They're, they're on the field, and they're in, in the CFL field, they're quite wide apart. Okay? In the NFL field, they're a little narrower. Okay? And what do the hash marks do? So if you're playing the football and you are tackled outside of the hash marks, okay, between the hash mark and the out-of-bounds line, the ball is moved to the hash mark, okay? And that is where the scrimmage is from. If you're between the hash marks, the ball is placed where you down the ball. So it could be one yard off the hash marks. It could be three yards or five yards, whatever, right? could be in the middle. So it's wherever the ball touches down. So if the ball touches down outside of the hash marks, it's moved into the hash marks. Okay? Does this make sense to you guys? Did you know this? Somewhat, yeah. Why, why have I get – I get no response from people here. This is really sad. Because uh, okay. I, yeah. I'm just trying – Go ahead. No, go ahead, Will. You're trying what? No, no, I'm just I'm just listening to your explanation 
because I can't really put it in words. It's that simple, okay? I was kind of the same way. Yeah, honestly. like it's, it's confusing to explain. Um, I'm going through this article here. Have I done that? Have I done that well, to I'm, you? I'm does, still, does I'm that, still listening to you. Is that a reasonable I'm still explanation? To you. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, I oh, yeah. I never thought okay. of it that way. So it, it's all about ball placement. And so yes. the hash marks are 17 yards apart, okay? So from center field, the hash mark is out um, eight and a half yards, okay, on each side. Yep. Okay? So now they're going to bring them closer together, and they're going to be nine yards apart. So that's four and a half yards on each side. Why would they do this, and for what purpose? I spent the little part of our intro here telling, me, telling the audience how smart and how football savvy you guys were. And now so, you're failing on me. So, so, so that... So that the offense is so that the offense is more centered, so they can use both sides of the offense. Both sides is of the, the field. Way I'm going to explain so, it. Yes. So if the ball is placed on the left hash mark, okay, with a 65-yard field, because the CFL field is 65 yards wide, not that skinny little shit 50-yard U.S. field. Okay, 65 yards. Divide that in half is 32.50, right? 32.5 yards, okay? So now you would be nine, uh, what did I say? It's uh, 17, 17. previously 17 yards, which would be eight. So you'd be another eight and a half yards over. So you would be 41 yards from the right outside yard that, out of bounds line on the on the right hand side, right? If you were on the left hash mark, you'd be forty yards away, right? So when you have a a wide out that's out on the far flank, that's a hell of a throw. <clears throat> so that receiver odds of him getting the ball are very very slim because it's a huge throw. <clears throat> Okay, and especially if he goes downfield, because then it gets longer. It's a triangle sort of thing, right? So what they're doing by bringing these hash marks in is makes the throw to the wide outside shorter. So that brings that player into more of a position where before they, the, the defensive team didn't have to pay too much attention to him because the odds of him getting the ball were pretty slim unless he was a fucking amazing receiver, okay? So you could play a zone. As soon as he cut back into the zone, you cover him, boom, boom, boom. But if you do it playing, man, odds of that guy getting the ball, you can put your, your, your dunks over there, and he would cover it quite well. So this is why they, they brought, narrowed the hash marks in, is so that now every player on the offense – Every receiver on the offense, every player on the offense is important. We've got 12 men on the field. We have an extra man on the field. There's no point in leaving that man not being able to play him. 
Now, if the ball's on the inside of the, in, in the middle of the field, then it's equal side on both sides. Everybody's, everybody's happy. But the, the hash marks were too far apart, or according to these guys, this, they've narrowed the hash marks so that the offense now is more dangerous. Yeah, because you've, in effect, brought that wide side receiver closer to you now. So it's not such a long yeah. throw. Yeah, you brought him eight yards closer. Which, even though you're Correct. tightening up the hash marks, you're giving more, mm-hmm. technically more, like, valuable playing area for the offense. Mm-hmm. Correct. Or more usable. Yes, yeah. Field, right? Because you're, you're going to use the field from the left, uh, left side mark, left side, uh, what am I looking for here? Help me, help me, out of bounds line. And to the, the left side, to the left hash mark, that, you're going to play that anyhow. You're going to play between the hash marks. You're going to play on the outside of the right hash mark. Okay, that's a little bit of a stretch. Now you move the ball over. The left side's a little bit bigger, but it's, it's still not gigantic. The right side is now a lot smaller. This is a great rule change. This is going to make the offense more exciting in the CFL. Yeah, and this just made it a lot tougher to cover. Because, like you said, before, on that wide side, you can just kind of play a zone defense. You're talking right now, because I can't tell. You sound like you're in a well. Sorry, I had to move my my thing out. So, basically... Uh, yeah, my microphone was too high up. Yeah. So, but but basically okay. now you, you can almost the defense can almost forget about that receiver before. Now it's going to be that receiver is going to become much more involved and it's going to become much more difficult to cover. You can't ignore Correct. that guy anymore. Yep. Not that you could ever ignore him before, but you didn't have to pay too much attention to him. Right. Right. Okay. Because so he could do some, he is still do some damage to you, especially if you've got an arm on your your quarterback. But that being said, this is definitely going to bring every player on the offense into the game, into a meaningful and dangerous position for the defense. Okay, William, tell me what you think here. Do you understand what how this is working out and what they've done and why? And how do you think this will affect the game? A lot of questions. I, under, I, I understand, and as you guys have all said, it's going to make it'll make the game. There are more options on offense. Okay, more people will be involved. Correct. It's 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 probably out of all of them, it's the best rule change. Okay, and it and it will. Yes. I think it will increase offense somewhat. Okay, or Make mm-hmm. offense a little more exciting. Make offense a little more exciting. So, yeah. And that is not a move. bad thing. No. Um, once again, you know, everybody said scoring is down last year and offense is down last year. Well, there's a number of reasons for that, and I think the biggest biggest reason was no, like we've talked about before, no training camp, a shortened season, mm-hmm. The players not being together all the time. I think there was many things that went into that, and that was part of it. 
So do I do I think there should be major rule changes to increase scoring? No. Well, the only the only major rule change I would ever think would be really good, and you know what I'm going to say, is get rid of fucking kickers <laughs> so that you got to pass on third down. <laughs> It's that simple, okay? <laughs> Go for it on every down. That'll increase scoring, okay? Hands down. I, I, I think there's a. I, if you, you don't get a touchdown, right, I, I know that. If you don't get a touchdown, <laughs> you don't get butt kiss, okay? It's that simple. Okay. Further down, we have changes to special teams, so we'll get to those later. Yeah, okay. I know those are near and dear to your heart, okay? Here's some interesting okay. statistics that I. I wasn't really aware of, okay? And, uh, and I kind of pride myself on being aware of a lot of things in the CFL. Do you know the difference between a field, a Canadian football field, and an American football field is in size? Fucking amazing. The Canadian yeah, I football read that. field that was is 87,750 80, square feet. And the NFL field is only 57,000, 30,000 square feet smaller. And they have an ex, one extra man, CFL does. So each player has 7,313 7, square feet to be in that are just his. And compared to the American game, which is 5,000. So there's a lot more space in the Canadian game to play. And I, we love this game, so, like, please don't change this. Please do not change anything. But I'm pretty excited about the moving of the hash marks. I think we're going it, to – it's a great rule change. And it really doesn't – I don't see the downside. It, Rudy, do you have a downside to moving the hash marks? Is there a problem with that anywhere? Um, as a younger fan, you know what, like – I'm old school with that. I don't really like rule changes, but when it's rule changes to better the game, uh, I'm all for it. I don't think this will do anything to hurt the league, and I'm, I'm excited to see how, how it will pan out next year. Um, I do agree. I think it will will really increase scoring. Uh, I wanted to know what you guys think on, like, say for the teams that have a bona fide quarterback, do you like the move or not? Like, what I'm what I'm getting at is well, I think it'll be a good thing for the league, but for a guy like Caleros or um, I don't I don't think Fajardo's really that great, but when I've watched him live in person, he's good at throwing towards the sidelines. Um, do you guys think it'll help teams with like less superior quarterbacks more than it'll help teams with better quarterbacks, or it'll be the same all around? But no, I do I do like the rule change. I I think that'll really bring in that extra receiver and uh, he'll get more he'll be able to spread the ball around a lot more it's just for me the thing is with watching Caleros last year he nine nine games out of ten he'd get everyone involved but I, I do think moving the hash marks will help increase uh, scoring I, I don't think this will benefit a quarterback who has a rocket for an arm Okay, somebody who who absolutely can, has a cannon there. I, it's not going to be that beneficial. Like somebody who could throw to the wide out now. I mean, you throw the ball forty yards, and, right. and, and your man your man gets a yard, right? He moves forward one yard, but you threw the ball for forty. 
Okay, so this is going to impact that a little bit, make it like eight yards smaller, um, or four or whatever, four yards. Today. Anyhow, I, I just think it's going to be a little bit better in that aspect of things, and it's going to help people. Like Bo Levi Mitchell, it's going to benefit him because he does not have a bullet of a – he doesn't have a, a cannon for an arm. He's very accurate, but uh, there, he's, he's not really big on the long ball. And Will's going to argue with me now. I'm waiting for it. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Because nothing nothing you can say is going to affect me because I have heard news lately that Bo is 100% back. So let's see how he does this year. Good. That's all I'm going to say. Good. All I'm going to say. I am excited. All I'm going to say. Me too. Well, we're going to find out, aren't we? We are. We're going to wasn't, find out. Wasn't okay. there, so this is a wasn't there another rule change that we're going to talk about that I think is a good rule change? We're going to talk about all the rule changes. We're going to go to the next one right now. Okay. Is that okay? Okay. We're going to talk yeah, about every ahead. single one of them, and if it takes the entire show, we're going to move everything else to the next show. Okay? Okay. Because these, these rule changes are something we're going to talk about. Okay, okay stop talking I mean, and get to the next could, rule change. Oh, shut up. <laughs> okay. This, this, one, this one is a little bit of uh, 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 a head-scratcher for me, but um, okay. Offenses will get a head start. After a made field goal or a single point, drives will start from the 40-yard line instead of the 35. Teams kicking off for any reason will do so from their 30-yard line instead of the 35-yard line. The only exception is kickoffs following a safety. They will now occur from the 20-yard line instead of the 25-yard line, okay, which is actually a backwards thing. No, 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 that's right. So that means that the ball is traveling, will travel the same distance, but it will be closer to midfield for the team that is catching the ball. Right. So it will – okay, these changes should mean an improved field position for the start of offenses, and that should contribute to more scoring and more sustained drives, which makes for a better game flow. Okay? Those are quotes from Ambrosi. So now my point here is this has nothing to do with punts. Okay, because that ball is going to end up where it's going to end up because of the placement of the ball, and that's a field position game that we play. This only affects the ball after a scoring play. Right. Okay? So it's not going to make that big a difference to that many drives. Because there's not all that much scoring, right? I mean, it's not like every play gets a, is a scoring drive, so it doesn't really make a difference, right? So, um, I don't dislike this. I don't believe it was necessary. I don't think five yards is going to make a difference. Uh offense starts a little bit further up, okay, what's the big deal? There isn't one. This is just basically you're giving the kicking team a five-yard penalty on the kickoff. Right? Essentially, yeah. 
So I'm not I'm not opposed to this. I just don't think it's that big a deal. Rudy. Rudy, what do you think on this one? Um Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't have much to say on it. Like I don't think it'll make much of a a difference, honestly. You're like like same view as you got on it basically. It's like giving them a five yard penalty. Now, the the other point that they've made here is that the kickoff after a safety is also moved back five yards. So by giving up a safety, by giving up two points, you have to now kick off to the opposing team. You don't get that big of advantage anymore. The ball doesn't get that far away. Okay? So they're... They're trying to make it so the player doesn't give up a knee in the end zone. They're trying to take that strategic play away. They're not eliminating it. They're just trying to make it to, to, to discourage it. They want the ball ran out of the end zone. So I'm taking a knee no matter what. Five yards is not that big a deal. If, if <laughs> My field position sucks. I'm taking a knee. I don't. I don't see any difference in that one, Charles. Yeah. What's your opinion? So, on uh, I don't know if I like the ball being moved forward that much. I mean, I know it's not going to make a huge deal, but one of the things I don't like about the overtime rule is I don't like that they have the team starting at the 35-yard line. I prefer it when they're starting that, um, you know, I think they should start at midfield because I don't like them starting in field goal range. This is kind of the same thing. Uh, I personally believe that it's better to have them starting further back. So I don't know. I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it a shorter field. I just think that it's, to me, mm-hmm. I would prefer it. Um, you know, still staying at the 35. I think that was a better option personally. But yeah, I, I I don't think this is the the same argument as the one in overtime. But yeah, I know where you're coming from. I, I completely yeah. agree with you. Yeah, Starting at the 35 yeah. yard line in overtime is ridiculous. Absolutely yeah, I, ridiculous. I understand what they're trying to do. I'm just not – I didn't know – I and I like the rules in, in general about the further kick, the further kickoff further back, but I'm just not a huge fan of the, um, of the, um, the rule um, of the, um, having the guy uh, moving them up five yards. I would have just preferred they left them at 35, personally. William, do you have any opinion on this? Don't care special teams next. (laughs) Did you expect any other response from that? Well, a little bit. But because it's five yards is not going to make a fuck. Five yards is not going to make a difference anywhere, anyhow. No. Okay, so yeah. I don't. I, I happen to agree with that, and I think 
And, and if, if, if they probably, wanted to make it meaningful, probably, it would have been 15. They probably discussed this for discussed this for hours on end. Okay, it just blows my fucking mind. So. Yeah, well, we're not going to. Um, no. I, I I don't think this is going to make that big a difference. No. So, let's go on to another kicking rule, because our friend Will loves the, doing that so much. <laughs> Strategies to limit opportunities for kick returns will be discouraged more severely. All no-yard penalties, which are assigned when the cover team invades a five-yard halo around the returner as he fields a punt, will be 15 yards. Previously, a no-yard penalty was 15 yards only if the ball had been fielded in the air and only five yards if the punt had bounced. Also, any punt that sails out of bounds before it reaches the opponent's 15-yard line will be assigned a penalty instead of only punts that sail out out of bounds before they reach the 20-yard line. Okay, so they're changing the no-yards penalty to 15 yards, period. And this is to protect the kick returner and give him the opportunity to set up a return. Perfectly okay with that. But I want to see the rule change where a player who is inside of that five-yard halo and is backpedaling like hell to get out isn't a penalty. I only want to see players that are moving forward towards the tackle to be penalized. Okay? And I understand that you can have people inside of the halo and that forces the runner to go a different direction into your fielding coverage. But I think there's too many penalties where the player is just in that halo in an inopportune way and is honestly trying to get out and and is no way threatening the safety of the kick returner. Because this penalty is is to protect the kick returner. It's not to set up a kick return. But it's to continue playing the ball. I love this rule far better than a fair catch. Because anybody who just waves their hand that says, uh, uh, I'm going to catch the ball, so please don't hit me, you fucking pussies. Um, I, I, I would be embarrassed to do that. If I was in the NFL and I had the opportunity for a, a fair catch, I would be embarrassed to do it. Uh, they do it all the time. So, uh, obviously those guys have no, they're not manly. Uh, it goes on to say that kick returns are an exciting part and an essential part of the Canadian game. I know at least one person that would disagree with that statement. But I know him too. I don't they are I don't, excited. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. You don't. If the guy catches the ball. If the guy catches the ball. If the guy catches the ball on the 5-yard line and runs all the way down to the other end of the field and scores a touchdown, that's pretty fucking exciting. But 99% of the time exciting. it doesn't happen that way. 99% of the time it doesn't happen that way. So 
It do, it doesn't. I agree. But they're go. trying to make it. Uh, they're trying. They're trying to increase that happening. Trying to make. Yeah, that, the opportunity for that to happen. Yeah, and I I I I tend to I tend to agree with you. You know, guys backing up shouldn't be penalized, but. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, guys running down the field, they should be in control, okay? And there should never be a reason. They are, but what what happens when the ball hits the ground? The ball hits the ground and bounces forward as opposed to bouncing backwards. You're anticipating the ball to go one way, and all of a sudden, oh, my God, it's two feet away from me. i got to get the hell out of here, and you do, and you don't get out before the guy touches the ball, and you get a penalty, which is now going to be a 15-yard penalty instead of a five-yard penalty. Yeah, well, you gotta be. Especially you gotta be coached. You gotta be coached accordingly, and they have to have control. That's all I'm saying. So, I mean, once again, once again, my my solution to this is, you throw a pass on third down, you never have that fucking problem. Okay. Just saying, <laughs> you never have that problem. It's over. The problem is over. Okay. I, I, there I is no 15-yard penalty. That believes in that philosophy. There is no 15-yard penalty. Okay. There's no nothing. Okay. Doesn't matter if the guy's running backwards. Okay. I'm telling you, it's the solution to everything. Are field goals okay, Will? Are you okay with field goals? No. No, he doesn't like them. No. Okay. Okay. I was just checking. I, I no, did write an article it's, it's, on this once. Did you know that? Well, you I know that. It's, it's I wrote just, an article. It's just, it's, it, it, nobody it's, likes it's it. Fucking, it's, it's fucking yeah. dumb. You don't score a touchdown, so we're going to give you a bonus three points if you kick the ball through the uprights. Come on. Well, I don't, I don't think it's bad. It's some, just a different type of scoring play. Grow some balls and throw the fucking ball down the field. Okay? Just say it. <sighs> I love it. I do. I, you have I'm two passes, you, William. I, I like. I, 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 I'm telling you, it would, it would. I mean, man, the, if I ran the USFL, I'd be in there, buddy, because there'd be no kicking at all. <laughs> I, I'd like to see that tried. This is an experiment. Is in a preseason game. I would love to see no special teams. Yeah, just for one game, just to see how it will work out. Okay, so. So so here's here's where it really here's where it really fucking annoys me. Okay? So okay. you're at the end of the you're at the end of the season. Okay? You're the okay, let's say you're the Ottawa Red Blacks. Okay? You have a two and no, ten record. You have a two and ten record, okay? Why the fuck are you punching Very the ball? Good. Why are you punting the ball? There's no reason for you to punt the ball. Your season is fucking over. Why wouldn't you go for a touchdown on every single play? You're two and you're two and ten. 
It doesn't matter. You're gonna lo- if you're not gonna lose your- you're not gonna lose your job either way. You might lose your job because you're two and ten, not because you 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 pass on every play on, at the last game of the season. I, I just don't I don't get that at all. It makes no sense. Like like is it gonna be? Are, are you are you still gonna be better off? Winning the game with field goals, goals, and then you're going to be three and ten. You still think you're going to keep your fucking job? Come on! Just say it, man. Just my opinion. Okay, Rudy. Yo, just, that just sounds like a football movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, no, I wanted to say uh, the whole thing there with the field, or sorry, the kick returns. Um, just think of when you've been to games, and I, I'm sure it's similar in Vancouver or Calgary, but at IGF, I'd say 50% of the time when the fans are on the feet, on their feet, it's to do with a kick return, whether it works out or whether it's a terrible return. So I, I like that move. Um, I do think kick returns are exciting, and they are a big part of the Canadian game. Now, do they always pan out? Usually not. But when a guy r- runs the length of the field for a touchdown, it's pretty pretty freaking exciting. Oh, 100% it is. And I mean, it's exciting when he's running east-west, never mind north-south. 100%. I mean, if the guy gets some, some motion moving and gets running, even if he doesn't make the corner, it's an exciting play. Yep. So I, I, love, I love to see trick plays on the return. I love to see a reverse or a double reverse or something, uh, something that works. Because it, it makes the game awesome. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen very much because it's they're very, very they're high risk, low odds. But and so I Will's don't... a fan of the kick returning game, but not the kicking game. Okay, yeah, I got it. Go ahead, Rudy. No, and I know like you're not marketing to people that aren't fans, but like that's the type of shit that people who aren't even football fans go, oh, that's exciting. Maybe I should start watching this more. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's a it's a big big part of the game. I mean, when, when it works out, obviously. But, yeah, it's one of the more exciting plays in sports. When it pans out. When it pans out. 100% agree. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, if you watch baseball, and I've done that once or twice, a home run is really boring. That hits the ball, and they walk around the bases. Really boring. Supposed to be good. I, I heard it's a good thing, but anyhow. Um, the next rule change. Two quarterbacks will be allowed on the field at the same time, provided provided all other racial rules are satisfied, which will allow for some additional imaginative play calling. So each one of these things has um, – been justified in in why they made the rule change. This one didn't. 
They really don't tell us why they want to do this other than it will allow for some additional imaginative play calling. Under what scenario would you have a second quarterback on the field? And why? I think I think this is more for, you know, trick plays. We see sometimes where you have a quarterback, he'll throw the ball to a running back or he'll throw the ball to a receiver behind the line of scrimmage where then he'll turn around and throw the ball, you know, downfield to somebody. So he'll throw it uh, that way. Basically, he'll throw the ball twice. Now this gives the ability that if they want to, they can actually line up a quarterback in a, you know, in a running back position or in a receiver position and do the same thing. And then um, you would think that the quarterback would possibly have more accuracy. So it kind of, I think that this is kind of uh, the whole point there to, to have, um, you know, more creative plays, kind of like trick play type things. Yeah. I'm I'm at a loss on this one because you would you would think that having two quarterbacks on your field the the light would go on for the defense and they would have to say okay let's pay attention to this um, I think it was a much better when you had a receiver that had the ability to throw the ball or a running back who had the ability to throw the ball like Brad Sinopoli who was a quarterback mm-hmm. so. Him getting the ball on a reverse and a handoff to the to the uh, returner or to the uh, receiver, and then him dropping back and, and throwing the ball, that's an exciting play. It's not going to be as exciting a play when that's a quarterback because we expect it. I mean, this is going to – I'll bet you that this play is going to be used more as a rouge – than anything else, because you put the second quarterback on, and then you hand off the ball to the return uh, to the running back. And and, and that too, the, they the second quarterback a was a it was a red herring. It was a red herring. Yeah, he's a decoy. Yeah, decoy exactly. And that's another option. I think that's going to happen more times than we're actually going to have two quarterbacks participating in it. I don't see the benefit of this rule change. And, and here's the downfall. It may not be a, a likely case scenario, but it can be a problem. What if you put both your quarterbacks in and they both get hurt on the same play? That's another worry. Yeah. Then what, do you, then what do you do? Then what do you do? Let the kicker be the That's- quarterback? Well, that's when the, the that's but part you, of the risk, uh, risk and reward. Yeah, it's usually it a receiver that is your backup quarterback. I know, but it just doesn't no, make I, sense. I, okay. Yeah, make I don't sense. see the benefit to this. Uh, yeah, I'm not it's sure this gets used that just, often. I I mean, if you have if you have a play where the quarterback the two quarterbacks come in and one of the quarterbacks lines up as the wide receiver. Or 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 the quarterback takes the snap and pa- and and laterals it to the other quarterback. 
you know that quarterback is running down the field to catch a pass, okay? So why else would you yeah. put him in there? It's just, it's just, I don't know. Retarded once again. I mean, can you imagine having uh, Calgary putting in two quarterbacks, Jake Mayer taking the snap, and Bo Levi Mitchell running downfield to catch the ball? Bo Levi never runs past the line of scrimmage, so that wouldn't happen. I know. So what's the point in okay. this? Absolutely. It's, what would be more exciting the, the, is the a good kicker. thing about this rule yes. is it's not a requirement. Of course not. It's an it's, option. Once again, it's another, you can, it's right. another rule that, okay, I didn't know. Okay, I didn't know you weren't allowed to have two quarterbacks on the field at the same time. Yeah, no, you weren't. You're not. Mm-hmm. Really? So you're saying? Yeah. You're you, saying you, were, you, you weren't quarter, allowed. Quarter, yeah. Yeah, but you're saying a quarterback couldn't come in as a wide receiver? Nope. Nope. There was there's been no, a long-standing rule that quarterback to the beginning of the game. Yeah, well, going back in that. the mid Yeah, in the mid '90s, the BC Lions used Julio Caravetta, who was their uh, third-string quarterback. They also used him uh, on kickoffs. He was also a kicker for them. And then I, uh, somewhere around 1995, 1996, they brought in a rule that you could only use quarterbacks as a quarterback. You could not use them in another position. Yes, you huh. couldn't use them as a running back or a receiver no. or a kicker or anything. Yeah. If they were designated on the roster as a quarterback, that's the only um, that's the only position they could play. Yeah, see, BC Lions had an advantage in that situation because their kicker could actually catch the, go to punt the ball and throw it instead. Right. Right. And most most kickers can't throw the ball worth shit. So it it was actually a play that was used quite often with BC at that point in time where Caravetta actually did throw the ball on a fake punt. Mm -hmm. Because there wasn't really much difference than that in taking it out of the shotgun except for the lineup of the linemen. Um, Yeah, so... And the fact you wouldn't really have any receivers. Yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting rule. I I don't know if... This means no difference to the game. I don't... I don't see it being used half a dozen times in the year. Yeah, exactly. I just don't think it's going to be used. Yeah. Montreal's going to use it. Well, with Trevor Harris and uh, um, Vernon Adams, why wouldn't you? We'll, we'll see what I'm happens. Not, we'll see what happens. I'm not yeah. sure Nathan Rourke and Michael O'Connor would strike fear into many defenses, but we'll we'll see what happens there. <laughs> I think you put ten of them on the field. I don't think it would make much difference. Um, this next rule change, I absolutely on this love. One? Oh yeah, I'm here. No. Yeah, I didn't know I, if he spoke on that. I'm one. ignoring Rudy. Yeah, no, okay. he didn't. I'm ignoring Rudy. Rudy, do you want to talk on this two quarterback things? Do you want to say anything? Uh, no. What's it's, your you thought? It. It's good. It's good? 
You like yeah, it? Yeah, you guys covered it. I mean, I don't know. Gives uh, gives guys like Paul Paul Lapalise, uh more funny plays to throw into his playbook. Complicate the shit out of it so that his quarterbacks don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, that's that's kind of a Paul Lapalise playbook. I, I like that one. Okay. This next rule change is probably one of the best rule changes that we've seen in a long time. Okay? A communications coordinator from the officiating department connected to the on-field officials via headset communication will be embedded on each team's bench. This will allow information to be shared with the coaches without requiring the referee to approach the sidelines, improving game flow. This will also make it easier for coaches to alert the official officiating crew that they are initiating a timeout or a challenge. Okay? So there is going to be a referee walking along on the sidelines shadowing the head coach on each sideline, okay, with a headset on, when the coach says, what the fuck just happened, and the referee is, they're talking, so this guy on the sidelines is going to tell the coach what happened and why, and so the referee doesn't have to wander over to the sidelines, which is 65 yards from one side to the other. I mean, it's not so bad in, when you're playing in the East because you can stay on one side because both teams are on one, one sidelines. But in the West, both, you know, the teams are on opposite sides. So this, this referee has to wander from one side, 65 yards over to the other side if he has to talk to both coaches in the same play because it was very ambiguous. So um, I, I like this. I like this. And it also prevents the referee from being abused by the head coaches or the special coordinators, or, or any type of coordinator. Um, yeah. I mean, this guy on the sidelines has better have some pretty thick skin because he's going to get abused a lot. But mm-hmm. that being said, I'm sure there's rules to protect him. I, I like this. I think this is going to speed up the game. I think it's going to give more, better communications with the head coach. I mean, how many times has somebody tried to call a timeout and, and miss the play, miss the call? Right, and now somebody has to be there right now. Time out. Okay, time out. I mean, it happens that fast. Right? You don't have to try to get the attention of somebody on the field. I I, I love this rule. I think this is a great rule. This is really stepping up, uh, uh, moving into a a more informed uh, alliance between the teams and the officials. It's kind of cool. This works for me. Rudy? Let you go first. Yeah, no, uh just like all the other rules for the most part, uh I like it. Wow. I don't know, like I I don't have much to say on it. Like uh stuff like the moving the hash marks and stuff is big, but uh I don't think it'll make a huge difference, but uh I don't think it'll do anything anything bad. I just can't wait to have this guy in the sidelines and Jeff Reinbold unload on him. <laughs> okay? <laughs> he would do that. I mean, seriously. <laughs> seriously. I mean, 
<laughs> he needs to wear Kevlar over there. Um, I don't know. Charles. Yeah, I think this is simply a good rule simply because it's gonna, it should help to speed things up. You're not going to have to have a, uh, a, um, a, refer- a referee official going back and forth and so on. There's actually a guy on each sideline that can explain things to the officials instead of having a guy run back and forth. So if nothing else, this should just uh, serve to help speed things up. So I'm actually glad that uh, I think this is good. They're using technology and they're using it smartly. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a very good idea. William. Well, my question would be, is this referee on the sidelines going to gonna get to throw flags? As in, if he does get abused by a head coach, will he get yes. to throw flags? Yeah, yeah I believe so. That, yes, he should. And on top of that, is it, is it just for the head? Is anybody eligible to talk to the guy? Because if that's the case, he's going to get fucking abused continuously. And mm-hmm. it could cause for big problems. I'm just thinking about worst case scenario. Jeff Reinbold. Uh Sure. Any Well, any fucking coach in the CFL will abuse a guy if they don't agree okay. with him. Right? Okay, let's, hang on. He's, he's considered a communications coordinator. That doesn't make him an official. Right. Okay? I don't know if he's going to be able to throw a flag, but he will yeah, but be what able if... to scream through the microphone to the referee, and the referee will come over and throw a flag. He, yeah, he, he about... won't be able to throw a flag. He's going to sit there, and he's going to get his ass chewed but, but, out, but, and then but, he's going to say, it's not my call. It's not my call. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what's going to happen. I think, yeah, you're, okay. I think Rudy's right about that. So two situations. Number one, um, what happens even if he's if he's, he's a communication expert? My first thought is, what if it's communicated improperly? The head coach is going to lose his fucking mind. And well, that's the other one to get it right then. And the other one is, are they going to make sure these communication experts speak English? Oh, did I say that? (laughs) (laughs) How did none of that, how did none of us see that comment coming? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, 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 no. This goes back. No, no, sorry, sorry. This goes back. This goes back to what Rudy was talking about at the beginning of the show. It goes back to what Rudy was talking about at the beginning of the show. My my best friend in Winnipeg, his basement flooded because of that storm, Rudy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and he got an insurance adjuster today, and he did not understand a fucking word he said. Yeah, that's like me talking to the airlines. You know, the guy's got the guy's got four feet of water in his fucking basement and he's trying to communicate with 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 a guy who doesn't speak English. And so he phoned he phoned the insurance company, asked to speak to somebody who could speak English, and then he just ripped him a new one, okay? 
What else do you want him to do? Come on. I'd be pretty disappointed, like, too, with that much water sitting in my basement. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd be Absolutely. pissed off, too. <laughs> well, well so, here, here's a funny story, okay? Here's a little funny story. Um, we don't drink our water on the ranch here. We buy bottled water. And the company that most people buy water from is Canadian Springs because it's the biggest water company in Canada, Okay. Now, did you know that they've been bought by an American company called Primo? Okay. Oh. So Primo Water is based out of they're based out of Florida. So I I go to the grocery store and buy twenty five gallon bottles of water. And it's getting kind of annoying. So I wanted to know if they could deliver them to my place at a reasonable rate because I'm not you know I understand if you got to drive all the way out here to drop off one bottle of water or two bottles of water, it's a lot. But I'm talking about a couple pallet loads, right? So I figured 20 bottles at a time would be worth their while. And I, so I phoned the 1-800 number, and I get some chick in Florida. And I can't understand a fucking word she says. And I'm pretty sure she's born there. This isn't somebody who's moved to this country. I just couldn't understand her goddamn accent. Yeah. That happens too. You know, it, I mean, I, your phone tell us who's a telephone company and you expect to talk to somebody and you find somebody in, from the Philippines you're talking to. Well, I guess they're communications experts. They can do this. But when I phoned this people and I said, where are you? And she says, I don't know. And I can't even... I can't even pretend to do her accent, and and I and I couldn't understand. That's what probably the fuck a good saying. thing. Huh. I, yeah. It, I just, it's frustrating, and I'm gonna have to deal with it my whole life compared to. Well, no, and I and I know this is going off on a stupid on a stupid on a stupid tangent here, okay? But did, did he just say that with, we're old? Oh, did Rudy just call us old? Yeah, he did. He did, but that's oh, okay. Oh, no, no, but seriously, fellas, like, I had, I had to, I was on the phone with, I forget what it was, MPI or the government a couple of years ago, and I wasn't even being rude, but, like, after the third person, I just said, like, fuck, can, can I get someone who can speak a bit of English here, please? And they got mad, and they, they hung up, and they wouldn't talk to me, and it took, like, a week to get through from, from what I needed to get out of them, but... I don't know. That's how it is all over in Canada now, though. Like you, it's it, it's hard to someone who sits at a desk and is on their phone all day. It's uh, it's hard to find someone who speaks good English now. Yeah, absolutely. I hate to say it, but you're right. I don't. <laughs> I just don't get it. I just don't. I don't get it because these people are communicating with customers. How do they think? That this is going to work. Well, it just, let's it go boggles back the mind. 30, 34 years. Okay, go back 34 years. Because I've been married 33 years and I wasn't married when this happened. So, 34 years ago, I worked for a computer company, and I think I've told you guys this story before. And they had a, a customer service technician, a computer technologist, who answered, was with phone support. So this was a, a wholesale company and we had to do phone support for 
all the computer stores out there that were buying our product. Okay? Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. So my boss hired a technician for phone support that stuttered (laughs) really badly. Equal opportunity employer. He got flustered. (laughs) And I I asked Scott, the boss, one time, I said, why did you do this? And he said, because I think he would try harder at his job. And I said, well, you're not. <laughs> you're an idiot. Yeah, well. I, I, I couldn't believe it. So the, as a sales rep for the company, the majority of my calls were complaints about the technological support lines. What the fuck are people thinking when they do this? Well, not I understand to get... hiring somebody from India and, and have a line specifically for uh, immigrants to this country from India. And that would make sense. It would. Press 12 for Punjabi, right? I'm okay with that. I'm 100% okay with that. But if the press 1 for English line is really backed up, don't bring the Punjabi reps over, okay? Because they're not very good at talking. Are we being racist right now? Uh, yeah. I don't think we are. I think we're just I, I hate I'll wait a couple days and read the reviews on iTunes, <laughs> and we'll find out. <laughs> I, I hate to get to it, but, like, no, that's how it is now. Like, so we're Canada. We're such a nice country, blah, blah, blah. Um. I think the way it is now, like, to get a government job, you have to speak two languages, for the most part, for the most part. So, say someone moves from another country. Well, one of them doesn't have to be English. Exactly. So, (laughs) say say someone... That's what I was just going to say. Say someone moves from Southern America or or whatever, East India, whatever. If if they move to Canada... Different places. Yeah, the, the the way our government is, if they move to Canada, they can be like, oh... I speak Ethiopian, and now I speak English, just because I live in Canada. And then it's like, oh, congratulations, here's a government job, sir. And they can't speak a lick of English. And then, <laughs> and then that's what we get for service. Yeah. You, you know what was really cool? I was down in uh, in the Caribbean and uh, not that long ago. And hang on a second here. We just got a, a message here from, or I got a message here from our, our buddy, uh, Phil Miller. And uh, Phil Miller, you online? Are you listening to us? Yes, bordering on. What are you talking about? Answer me, Phil. Tell Phil to call we'll, we'll in. bring you on the show right now. Call, call right yeah. now, Phil, or give me your phone number, and I'll call you, buddy. Let's get you on the so show. Bring him up. Anyhow, He's been I, was on down the, I was down in the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. I was down in the Caribbean, and I don't remember what country it was. It was kind of weird. Um, Dutch Antilles or something. I don't know. And um, this, like, really cool-looking, like, gangster-like black guy was coming down the street. And I, was, I was talking to him, right? And I'm expecting for him to be talking the same way that they do on TV and everything else, right? But this guy couldn't speak a lick of English. He was speaking German. 
And it just like blew my way, blew my mind that this guy was speaking German. And it is the same thing happened when I was in Quebec and I went to talk to this brown guy and I was expecting this accent, English accent with with uh, East Indian accent. And and no, he was speaking French with an East Indian accent. That was really kind of weird too. Um, okay, so I'm going to bring Phil Miller into the show because we can. And I have the technology, although I have to do take out the spaces and the dashes that he gave me in his phone number. He's lost he his forgot, training. forgot, Christopher. Give me a break. He forgot. He forgot. And don't mention anything about 2009 Grey Couple, okay, because he'll hang up. But I would shift to... Phil Miller. Uh, good evening, Christopher. Welcome. Great to hear your voice. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, buddy. Oh, thank you. I just happened to be listening to the we show. Miss you. And, yeah, I sent you a little. I sent you a little note there. I, I was enjoying it quite a bit. I didn't understand what you said because it didn't make sense. Yes, bordering on what? Oh, uh, all right. Bordering on racist. Yeah, just just bordering. Just it was just it was oh. teetering. It was teetering. Oh, okay, okay. Teetering. <laughs> teetering. I. I, I'm not. We weren't being racist at all. We're just challenged by communications with people from um, uh, new Canadians, shall we say? Okay. Uh, completely understandable. So, I was talking to a guy from so, Wales the other day, and I had to get him to repeat himself four times. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, you'd think that the English would know how to speak English. Yeah. Or the Scottish. You, would, you know. Yeah. It, well, yeah, it, it, it's weird. Um, so, how you been, buddy? Very good, very good. Yeah, yes, staying very busy and uh, getting ready for this this season, the CFL season, and getting pretty excited about it. Yeah, yeah, and we we we've been following we your, your progress in life. Yeah, we've been following your progress in life. And uh, you're, oh, you're doing a wonderful job out there and, and communicating with all of us, and it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't get a chance to tune into the show as often as I'd like. Just, you know, uh, maybe uh, every couple of months I'll tune into a couple of shows, and uh, then I, I, don't, I don't get a chance to again. We, we give you a shout-out a lot more than most people. I just want you to know that, okay? I don't know whether That's you true. get to see that or not, but... We do talk I about it, but I hope, I hope it's good. I hope it's, I hope it's not negative. <laughs> it's, it's never negative, my friend. We're not negative. Not we just, always. We have fun. Well, if it's about if it's about a thirteenth man, I, I would call it negative. That's not negative. <laughs> it's funny <laughs> as hell. Why are you oh, the man out there? It's reality. It's reality. And, Sorry. And, and I just. I just want you to know that I did not bring up that subject. You did. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, yeah. Okay. So if you're listening to the show tonight, what, which one of these rule changes we've done so far have you liked the best? Well, because it only hit we're, me. We're not going to go through them all again. Chance, right, right. I didn't get a chance to get to all at the end, but I did get through the ones you went through. And uh, I do like the hash mark case. I really do. I think that's going to yeah. give uh, opportunities to have all 12 players involved on the field. And uh, I just really found it interesting in CFL's own art, uh, article that mentioned the actual square feet 
available per player on the field. Yes. The difference between the NFL and the CFL. And then when you, if you take the fact that our, our cash marks are a percentage still a little bit too far outside, um, that, that dramatically increases that or, or artificially increases that 7,300 square feet that, that a Canadian football league player has compared to the 5,200 square feet in the NFL. So this will help to at least uh, – uh, get more players involved in the field, and I think it's going to be good for the offense. I really do. Yep. I, I, I don't want to make I don't want to make the game so difficult for the defense that now we have 112 to 108 in the scoring. But absolutely, not. I don't think yeah. you're going to see that, Christopher. Uh, um, if we had seen a uh, and, and maybe we haven't, or maybe we do. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm messing up the show here by saying I haven't seen all, all the rule changes, although I'm reading them as the show's been, been playing. And um, I'm like, the, the rule change that I thought was the most important to bring in, and maybe this is the wrong time to mention, please tell me if it is, is that uh, I would have liked to have seen a requirement, uh, if we're going to keep the ratio at seven, a requirement for three starters to play on defense, minimum. Oh, okay. Um, because I, I, I'm going to tell, I, I'm going to touch that right now to you. Okay. This is definitely something yeah. that you they have this. looked at. They've looked at this, and they are probably going to go that direction. The downside to that is is the majority of teams right now don't have three qualified players to play defense. So this is going to be something that they're going to say, have to say, oh, we're going to implement this rule change in 2026. Yeah. And you now have three years to draft some defensive players or to, um, you know, uh, train I, some special team players for defense. Because I, I remember the BC Lions had one Canadian on, on defense, and it was the safety uh, and that was for years he was the only Canadian on defense. So if you don't have the personnel trained for that position, to, to mandate that happen immediately just doesn't work. And I think that was the problem with these rule changes is they couldn't come to an agreement as to when with the CBA happening because the CBA has to happen before, the rule, uh, before you can make that rule change. Right, okay. I understand that. Twenty twenty six sure seems and, and out the there, but you think they could solve it sooner? Well, you got to train. I, I mean, that was just a number that I pulled out of a, a hat, right? I did, it, it doesn't necessarily I, mean that that's it. It might be twenty twenty four. It might be twenty twenty five. I don't know. I just arbitrarily picked that number. But that's the reason why that didn't happen in these rule changes is, A, it has to be approved by the CBA, which hasn't been done yet. CBA would have to acknowledge this first, and then they change the rule, and then the rule needs to be implemented slowly so that the teams have the opportunity to uh, field a quality team. Thanks for that. That's a great explanation. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and and I've been following this this discussion, and it beca- and it hasn't been mainstream. It's just I, I've been pulling pieces because it, it's intriguing to me. Uh, me personally, I'd, I'd, I'd shoot the entire ratio down and, and throw it away, and let's put the best players on the field and be damned the the rest of it. But um, yeah, and I understand if we're keeping the ratio, it should be fairly uh, evenly put out there because putting. Uh, seven Canadian starters on offense 
and none on defense. And you want to know why we have no scoring? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Hey, I, I got a question for uh, for Phil because all three of us on here think the same way. So, do do you like the ratio, or do you wish it was dismantled? Because personally, I hate it. I wish there was no ratio. I I like the ratio. Maybe not not where it is. Maybe it's got to be trimmed a little bit, slightly. Um, maybe it's got to be five. I'm not sure. Maybe it's got to be six. Maybe it's got to be three and three. Um, but I do like the ratio. Yeah. Okay, so so well, we got the return Miller here. I, I was asking uh, since I got on here, where's Phil? Is he ever going to come back? So, uh, what's your explanation for that? Like, why do you why do you like the ratio? I just I just want to know like like what you think the, how the league benefits off that. Well, it, it benefits Football Canada. Um, we've uh, we've noticed that. Uh, in, in college football in Canada, increased odds of making a CFL team and, and having the interest to get there um, are, are much greater than they are in the NFL so we can see, or, and with, with American colleges. So we can say we're providing even more opportunities for Canadian players. And, and you know what? I really do think we need to as, as, a, as a league and as a, as a promotion of football because uh, – uh, the U.S. has so many more high schools. Uh, the ratio, even you know, even the ten to one or nine to one ratio of the population, the uh, ratio of foot, high school football players from U.S. to Canada is dramatically, is, you know, it's, it's, it's dramatic difference. Now you could say, oh, well, well, you know, it's it's all DNA, and we need those big numbers in order to get the right players. No, no, you don't. Hockey's proven us that we don't. The number of players enrolled in minor hockey has plummeted in this country over the last over the last few decades, and uh, we, we've seen better and better and better, more well-equipped players by the time they reach the pros. Um, so the players are actually getting better. And let me let me bring that to the combine, the CFL combine. The numbers have been improving over the last ten or fifteen years dramatically of Canadian players compared to their American counterparts. So if you take that hockey example and look at the combine examples, we can we can produce even as good a players as Canadians we ever have and better than we ever had. So now is probably if ever was a, a negative time to start talking about reducing the ratio even more. Maybe now is the time when no, it's exactly the time to stop reducing the ratio. Just something to think about. Okay, Phil, Phil. I want to challenge you on something here because I, I, I don't disagree with anything that you have said except for the fact that now these players are getting to be so much better. Quality of Canadian players are so much better then we shouldn't mandate a roster spot for them. They should earn it on their own merits. That's well, a good point. They should actually... It is a good point and like, no, it's not just the seven Canadian starters. Keep in mind, the way the whole system works. It's, uh, I can't remember what the number is, 30 Canadians? On the team. 21. No, there's 21, 21 yeah. Canadians on the team and 21 Americans on the team yeah. and three quarterbacks. There you go. Okay. So it's that number of, and, and those players, those 21, 
uh, for those seven positions. Those are the positions, or those those 14 that aren't starters. Those are the uh, those are the players that are, are developing and given that extra time to develop. And and you know, uh, is like like just like there's extra opportunities for Canadians in Canadian universities. Uh, in a way, you know, the training's not as good, et cetera, but, but the opportunity to actually play pro, um, if they stick to their ideas to CFL, um, those, those 14 that aren't starters are, are given time to develop. And, uh, and I think that's but been we're important. Not, we're not a daycare. That have become all-stars who spent five seasons there who never were a starter for the first five seasons and became perennial all-stars. And one guy even led the CFL in receiving yards by Canadian or American for some period of time before his record was overtaken. Career. After spending five years as a non-starter. If you happen to remember number 81. I get what you're saying, but to me, like as a young fan, I don't know. Like if you look at it that way, it kind of makes it look uh, inferior over superior when you're doing it. like. And I don't know, like I'm from rural Manitoba. One of my two best friends growing up, he plays in the NHL with the Seattle uh, Kraken. And in rural Manitoba over the last five years, we've seen an insane uh, dip in numbers of hockey players just with uh, with the cost of playing the game now. And a lot of people are playing sports uh well, a lot of people are getting more into sports like soccer, basketball, unfortunately. <clears throat> That's a good point, Rudy. And, you know, rural Manitoba, you have uh, – if you're seeing it there, rural Manitoba is the cheapest place to play hockey in all of Canada, partly because of something called hydroelectric power. So rinks in, the, in rural Manitoba – uh, are allowed to keep ice year-round, in fact, through a uh, subsidized program through the provincial government in Manitoba. And that has helped Manitoba develop a, a number of NHL hockey players more than they, than they would have had they not had that hydroelectric power and, and those subsidies. Now, so, Rudy, that's a, that's a good point. If you're making that point in, in rural Manitoba now, imagine where it ha- that it actually happened 20, 25 years ago in the rest of Canada. Yeah, no. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. The, the, it might the, be a straw, man, because we're this. talking football. What's that? The, 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 it might be a straw. Go ahead, The bottom line on this is that we are trying to create a product that people who aren't currently fans will watch. Okay? We are not trying to develop Canadian talent. That's not a goal. We're not trying to create a dream for a Canadian kid to play football. That's not our goal. Our goal is to put butts in the seats, and that is fading right now because the younger generation's Perceives the CFL as a second-class league because they mandate inferior players onto the field. See, and and I'm, I'll just back that up. Like I agree with that 150 percent. Like I'm 24 years old, and I have very few friends that'll watch the CFL over the NFL simply because of that rule. Like, I, I get where I get where. Um, 
Ah, shit. I, yeah, I get where you're coming from with wanting to develop Canadian players, but, like, we don't we don't market the CFL as a developmental league, and, like, the future of the CFL is in good quality football, honestly. And I just, I don't know, I, I've always thought the best players should play. That's just my my uh, view but, on it. The philosophy yeah, always, of the yeah, league, yeah. the way that it looks like, I think this is the tail wagging the dog. I think that it is not the CFL's job to develop players. It is junior football's job to develop players to be capable of entering the CFL. We shouldn't take on inferior players and have to put them through a daycare system so that they can become professionals. They either become professionals to the point that they are able to join a team or they are not. Now, and, and I understand that the, the, the number situations, the football's a religion in the U.S. They've got 350, 000, uh, 350 million people to our 35 million. All of those things are right. Bill, your point about football and why Canadians dominate the sport is very valid. It has to do with money, talent, training, everything else. Uh, even genetics, I believe. Uh, Canadians are born to be foot- hockey players. They're not born to be football players. Uh, it also has to do with our weather. I mean, a lot of Canada has five, five, six months of snow on the ground, sometimes longer, and you can't play football in those conditions. So, you know, where down in America, especially the southern American states, they can play football and train football uh, 365 days a year. And mm-hmm. so they have an advantage over that. I don't believe that it is the the professional league's responsibility to develop players. I believe that it is the junior high school, junior college universities that need to provide us with quality people. Okay. For us to say, Oh, we can't change our rules because it will be detrimental to the, to the uh, minor football leagues. Is 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 just wrong. It's just absolutely wrong. You're a professional football league, and 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 making it an inferior product because we want to have these players get a participation ribbon. I, I I don't know how else to say it without being really mean. And Andrew Harris, who is probably one of the best running backs that the CFL has ever seen would never have made the CFL. He just simply was not good enough when he came out of junior football to play the game. And if it wasn't for Wally Buono putting him under his wing and keeping him on the team and keeping him on the team and keeping him on the team until he could actually perform, he would never have played football. He would never have played professional football. I understand that that's a Canadian kid that should have played the game but was never able to, and it's because of we just have an inferior junior football. And I'm using the word junior football as anybody below this. Now, what I think a way of doing this right now is they they do this in America. Why don't we have a semi-pro league? Why don't we have a, 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 a... football team in Saskatoon, in Kamloops, Kelowna, in, in you know, Brandon, in, in different places, 
that are a developmental league for the CFL. Halifax. That allow these kids to Halifax allow these kids to um, develop playing football against peers before they have to go into uh, the the professional ranks. Yeah, then if they, they really want it, they can do it on their own merit, too. Yeah, no, I, I like that. Like, I have a few buddies that even, they play junior football. Um, they're on teams in Winnipeg, and they wanted to keep playing the game. I mean, they're good football players. I don't I don't know if they're good enough to make the CFL. But uh, they simply couldn't play anymore because they aged out, and that was that. Then you're, you're done playing football unless you live in a city and you play in some indoor beer league uh, team or whatnot. Not to... Not to piggyback and compare a bunch of other sports, but on the comment there, too, you made, Phil. I have a good buddy who who plays uh, NCAA baseball. He's from rural Manitoba. And he said it's the same thing with baseball. Like, Canadians, they're anywhere from four to seven years behind because, say, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, even Alberta, you're playing baseball for two, three months a year because we have snow on the ground all year. Where these Americans who are hardcore into baseball, like Canadians are into hockey, they're playing baseball for nine, ten months out of the twelve-month year, at least. Like it, a yeah, lot of it, if they're if they're down in the south, the southern. Just think, because if they're down in the south, the southern U.S. and so on, they've got the weather and the climate to facilitate that, unlike yes. in, and, in, in the prairies. And I know it sucks because again, yeah, like it's getting better with hockey, how it's so expensive. Well, same thing with football. I hate to say it, but, like, Nathan York's a prime example. If you want to go to the next level, find a way to get to those good schools in the States and make it that, like, I don't know. I, our junior football needs to improve, and our, our college football, universe, sorry, university football needs to improve. But uh, the question is, what can we do to improve it? Like, But it's not the CFL's job to improve it. No, and I, and I agree. The no. The CFL can't afford to do too much to help improve it. Can I go back to Chris's point? Never mind another thing. Go ahead, Phil. Uh, Can I go to Chris's point? I I partly agree with your point that it's not the CFL's job to improve it. And and I I see where where you took issue with that. Um, But it is the CFL's job to sell tickets, to put butts in seats, like you mentioned. And... Nothing yes. sells tickets, puts butts in seats, and tunes in televisions like players who had played high school football, had played college football, or had. In, you see it in hockey. You see it in hockey. You look around those ranks. In, in a, you, you go to an Oilers or, or Flames games, and, and you look at those, around those ranks, and you see those kids, and you know they're in minor hockey, and they're there with their dads. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of kids at those games. In the CFL, we've said that. We've had lost generations, two of them now. And we're, see- we're not seeing the kids in the stands like we need to see to make those lifetime fans that the NFL has and the NHL has. And one good way to promote it, because let's, let's face it, our number one market for the CFL is Canadians. It's our number one market. Yes, we could do better with global and and particularly the U.S., we keep pummeling the ball on U.S. It's it's such a it's a, it's, a, it's a juicy orange out there. We won't get it. And but but number one, our biggest market is going to Canadians, and nothing sells the Canadians better than those kids that think yes, 
one day, that eight-year-old who thinks, I, I, one day I'm going to play in the CFL, and he can see a path. One day I'm going to play no, in the no, CFL. No, no, no. Kids, no kids saying they want to play in the CFL. Every kid grows up saying they want to play in the CFL. Correct. And, 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 and playing in the CFL yeah, is a that's consolation the way it is today. prize. That's the way it is today. That's the way it is today, I'm afraid. But when I was a kid, I didn't want to grow up and play in the NFL. I want to grow up and play in the CFL. Right, but that's when the and CFL and all my friends were the same. They were equal. They were equal in pay. Yep. They were equal in everything else. I mean, I, why can't I remember that? That Joe Theismann. Joe Theismann came to the CFL because he wanted to play a more exciting game, and he got too good in it, and he went down to the NFL, and they started playing. Okay, so. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm really torn on this one. But here's an interesting statistic for you, Phil. I didn't know if you know this or not, but there was a survey done in America, and they said how many people um, either follow or closely follow the CFL. Okay? And what do you think that number was? Uh, Americans well, low single either digits. following or closely following the Canadian Football League. One percent. It really wasn't that many. Ten percent. It was ten. Oh wow. Um, wow. Ten. Now, how yeah. many pe- how many people are there in America? Yeah. Well, there's uh, nine times population in Canada. It's three hundred thirty million there. Okay. There's three hundred thirty million people in America. That is thirty three million people in America follow or closely follow the Canadian Football League. Now, I'll ask you a question. Do you believe that there are 33 million people in Canada that follow or closely follow the CFL? I don't think no, it's five. Exactly. That's my point I was making, this juicy orange that is an easier, the easiest orange and with the biggest payoff that, you know, like we can, are we going to talk about ambrosia? Oranges, ambrosia, well, the same, right? Our yeah, biggest yeah, market I, is you're, America. You're, you're preaching to the choir. You're preaching to the choir, Christopher. It's, I understand that. I mean, it's it's uh, so like the potential. Yeah, we're a gate-driven league. But you know, but, you, you will go and, and and go into an American college, okay, and and find out f- their fans. Their fans know everything about their players, right? They're, they're it's a bloody religion down there. And when those players leave that college, they age out, they, they move on, they're no longer part of it, they're not, no longer eligible to play NCAA football. They either go to the NFL, fucking planet, to these fans, okay? Because there's nowhere else for them to go. They do not see that, that player ever again. That player might come up to CFL, become the MOP, and, and be an absolutely amazing football player in the CFL. But that fan down in America who followed him for four years never gets to see him again. That is where the CFL needs to change. We need to put ourselves front and forward into the American media. That's right. where but, but, we, what we need to do. 
85% of CFL American players are from small colleges. You can't do that by mandating Canadian players. Yep. Uh, 85% of but we're yeah. not even doing the job with the, with the Americans we have on the team. 85% of them are from small colleges, easy to market there. Their own newspapers are writing stories about the BC Lions, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, et cetera, because their quarterback went there, right? Now, but there's been nothing reciprocal. That would have been some of the easiest marketing you could have was some sort of reciprocal marketing when, when, a, when a, uh, an American from a, from a medium or small size college becomes a – a pro in the CFL, we could we could reciprocally market, and we're not doing that. We're missing it. Like forget the big markets, the Alabama kids that play here. Nobody gives a fuck. If they're playing in the CFL. They don't. They, they really don't care. They they've fallen off their radar anyway, which is few. Like I had to point out to one of your readers here a while back that uh, who said, uh, "Oh yeah, well uh, the national championship game only only like one of these kids is going to be in the NFL." I had to point out, no. If you look at uh, Alabama's first championship in this string. Now, uh, every player that was a starter in the championship game uh, got an NFL shot. 17 of them were, were drafted. 17 of them had become starters. And 20 of 22 had uh, been at least on practice rosters. One exception was, a, was the starting quarterback who won the national championship, and he played in the, in the CFL. But those yeah. those are the big colleges, so you can't market those guys. But but those other smaller colleges, the CFL needs to do some reciprocal marketing. You get those; they've already got these newspaper stories written. They could keep those stories running all year long. Yeah, uh, no arguments. I don't disagree with that. Okay, we got to do something. But why are we holding – this whole comes back down to the ratio conversation is why are we holding roster spots to players that wouldn't make the team normally? Shouldn't it be best on uh, best players available, the ones that are the most talented? That, that question's for you, Phil. I mean, seriously, why are we holding roster yeah. spots for players that would not normally make the team and forcing the teams to field an inferior team? How is that going to make us a marketable product to people in Canada and especially the people in America? And not okay, just I'm, that. I'm it's it is good. It's I'm like an episode that changed my mind, and, I, and I'm I'm the I'm the uh, liberal with pink hair, trying to change your mind. <laughs> I understand. So we're probably not going to agree on this. We should probably move along to uh, and, and get the show back on track. I'm sorry, I, I've gotten you guys all off track here. I, I appreciate the spirit conversation, though. I don't mind. We, we didn't even get through. This, this is on, uh, yeah, Phil. We're so partially through segment one. We're not going well, we're we're to finish segment I, one. I want to ask <laughs> Phil a question. I want to ask Phil a question. I, I was just going to okay. ask. I was just going to ask for Will. I've been missing you, Will. I've been missing you. Phil, Phil, you're you're so up on Canadians. Okay, take your pick. Okay, you ready? You ready? Take your pick, Phil. Yeah. Cody Fajardo yeah. or Nathan Rourke. 
that's funny. Good I'm waiting, Phil. What's Phil, the other I'm Canadian? Waiting. You better I'm add waiting. something. You better add something to Rourke. What's the other Canadian? Add them together. Nope, still Cody Fajardo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. Tim O'Neill. Checking man. O'Connor. <laughs> Michael, Michael yeah. O'Connor. Okay. Well, see if we make Michael the same noise after the other season. I, I, so, okay. so Phil. Okay. Uh, one more question. How come Jeremy O'Day hasn't offered Cardi F- Cody Fajardo an extension? Good question. Because uh, Jeremy O'Day and I are uh, we're uh, not on the same, the same mind. We're of, the, we're of the same mind. Yeah, this is no time to offer Cody Fajardo an extension. Yeah. Okay. They also didn't offer Will okay. Jefferson an extension. Okay. Yep. He'll get his no, extension I, I, I uh, have to agree. Don't end do of the season. I, I agree with that. Things are okay. Yeah. Okay. Make him earn it. He needs to earn it this season. He hasn't so far. I, since since we're on this subject, and we have Phil here, because Phil is an authority on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. There's no doubt in my mind about that. And we have, we've had some amazing conversations over the time. Um, <laughs> do you honestly think Craig Dickinson is a quality head coach? Craig that was Dickinson to Phil. is more cerebral than his, uh, than his brother, for sure. For sure, um, his brother is a taskmaster, and he's on top of everything. Um, but you know, when it comes to the head coaching position, with the number of coaches that are involved in a coaching staff, and compared to some other sports, team sports, the head coaching position um, doesn't—I don't think it equates to team success as directly uh, as. In as much, particularly in the head coach's relationship with his players, compared to the head coach's relationship with his assistant coaches, and I think Craig Dickinson is as strong, or maybe stronger, than his brother Dave in his relationship with the rest of his coaching staff. And I believe that a strong coaching staff is uh, what's important to a team more than a, a uh, Bill Belichick, say, being the the master. And one reason Bill Belichick is the master is because of his staff, because of the way he relates to his staff. He, he runs his staff, not his team. And I think that's more Craig's demo than his, than his brother's case. Okay. I, I, I'm, as an outsider looking in, I'm going to equate this to something that is, it has happened to me. I compare Craig Dickinson to Mike Benavides very closely. Both of them inherited amazing football teams from the uh, previous coach. And both of them have slowly over the years gone downhill. Benavides finally got fired in his third year. Uh, I don't think Craig Dick- I think the same thing's going to happen to Craig Dickinson this year. I don't think the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's capable of running that team. Maybe. I don't want to comment you look at on how that. Many he had the first year and the second and I remember some predictions for uh, 2019. We could pull up that episode and 
and uh, you know, so and you know, like compared to a lot of things Brian Stelter said, and it would fall into that same category. So. The thing is, too, you got to look at it here. If the BC Lions had a kicker last season, the Saskatchewan Muffriders missed the playoffs. That's you, you got to look at it there because the kicking cost them two games against the Riders. You flip those two games, and they flip spots. But anyways, you, yeah. when you're talking about a head coach, I think you want to see a team progressing. I'm not sure I'm seeing that with the Saskatchewan. Yeah, I agree, but then Mike Riley would have had to come in the window and get sacked one time. Well, I, uh, I do think I I'm back. Better than Saskatchewan last year, but Saskatchewan matched up better against Winnipeg. They still lost to him. Yeah. Continuously. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so where else do you guys want to go in this conversation? Do you want to go back to the rule changes, which are kind of mundane at this point in time? We've had so much fun with Phil. I'd, I'd like to keep mm-hmm. going. And, and let's stop Let's stop picking on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders right now because right. We, we've Why? all agreed that they're not going to Why? make the playoffs this year. Why? Well, let's uh, let's, it, it, let's talk about both four against one uh, to go to four towns, and then uh, Phil can Phil can comment on that too. Oh, Phil, yes, I'd love to hear this. Well, we can we can talk about that one. Did you hear about that, Phil? Uh, hear about what? Bo about Bo Levi Mitchell saying that he is too dumb to figure out how to make the <laughs> CFL game better. But if smarter individuals like Dave Dickinson and Mike O'Shea want to go to four-down football, he's all over it. He thinks it's much better that they would barely lose any fans. Only a handful of fans would stop watching the game, and it would make it much more exciting football. Quote from Paul Levi Mitchell. At least least Paul Levi Mitchell knows his place. Being a dumb shit. Yeah, and that uh, smarter football player, people like Dave Dickinson and uh, and Mike O'Shea should uh, should be reviewing things as important as this. That's all I got. He's got to, to come on. I was looking for something, William. William, you need to come in here and defend your football, your your quarterback. You actually happen to agree with him. No, he's a no, 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 because, no, no. Hey, he's a football player, right? No, 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 no. But he did say that, and and to, to, and okay. So here's what I'm shocked about. This is a guy who's been in the league since 2012. Okay, so what is yep. that? Ten years. Ten right? years. Ten years. Ten years. Ten yep. years. He's been a or starter be. for eight of those ten years. Been a starter for eight of those ten years, and he only thinks we would lose a few fans if we went to four down. I think he's an idiot. That's delusional. <laughs> he obviously was not paying attention to all the discussion uh, over the 
over the summer when there was still talk that they might go to fourth down and seeing that it was like 95% against um, oh, switching to fourth down. You're being down. conservative. Yeah, Probably close so, so to ninety eight or ninety nine. Here's here's what I think. I'm gonna I'm gonna compare Bo Levi Mitchell to Donald Trump. Okay? Okay. <laughs> they they they're both they're both great, but they should both stay off fucking Twitter, okay? It's that simple. <laughs> I feel like it was one oh. of those things where Bo's like, Oh, I get the ball for one more down, I'm all for that. And yeah, more for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you know, the other thing is let let's 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 talk about simpletons for a minute, okay? Um there is a there is a Calgary Stampeder app. And they do interviews on the Calgary Stampeder app. And I watched the Bo Levi Mitchell interview the other day and they were discussing his fucking running shoe collection, okay? And how he made a special room with neon lights for his runners. Okay? God, this, how is not an intel- this is not an intelligent man. I'm sorry. But you okay? have that. He's a jock. He's a but moron. Shoe Will, too. Okay? Will, no, 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 no. I mean, no, no, no. he has pairs of my, shoes. My shoes, my, my, my shoe collection makes fucking Bo Levi Mitchells look like shit, Okay. Just saying, okay? <laughs> but all he's got is fucking Jordan high tops, for fuck's sake, okay? He's a jock. He's as stupid <laughs> as a jock. He's a moron, okay? He's got a... But I still think he's a good football player. And he's on my football I mean, team. <laughs> and he's won a couple of great caps for my football team. So there you go. Could I, could I run into Bo Levi Bo- Mitchell in public and have a conversation with him? No. I think my brain pan is a lot bigger. Sorry. I mean, you guys saw the video I sent you guys Bo at the Flames game last week. So, yeah, he's a football player. I mean, what can I say? Kind of remarkable, really. He was stupid. What was that? Go ahead, Bill. I think it's kind of remarkable, really, because uh, we, we consider quarterbacks the you know the smartest player on the team often. You know, they may not be, but they need to be very smart to play that position, and they have to be very involved, and they got to be hard workers, like off the field. And uh, yes, and so I got to give you gotta like, be very a lot of credit for that. And, but but you got to be like, very smart at your offense. You don't have to be very smart I, at other things, okay? I, I want I, I, right. in full revised defense. I think he's often just casual with his comments, and uh, you know, I, I, yes. but I but I do want to say that Dave Dickinson. If I was a young American quarterback and I wanted to say I had been I kicked around uh, NFL practice rosters and I wanted to reboot my career and maybe get another shot in the NFL. Not, not like Bo Levi's, you know, he turning down Green Bay because he wasn't going to be allowed to compete with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but uh, Minnesota, Minnesota. <laughs> oh, Minnesota. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Minnesota. And uh, um, then I think I would want to pick the Calgary Stampeders organization as a place I want to play. Uh, I would be 
talking to my agent, you know, if I'm not on a CFL mag list, then I want to get on their mag list and then can get talking to uh, to the Calgary Stampeders because you just look at the success. Look at this. Nick Arbuckle stepped in for an injured Bo Levi Mitchell. Has great success. Uh, help me out here, William. Uh, most recent uh, uh, Meyer. Uh, Steps in there, does a wonderful job for an injured bully by Mitchell again. We had a Canadian quarterback who opted to be a doctor who stepped in for a, an injured bully by Mitchell and looked good. So I want to play for Dave Dickinson if I'm a young American quarterback right now. Yeah, but you know what, Phil? The Calgary organization has always been good at grooming quarterbacks. Yes. Going back to the days of Wally Buono, when you look at Flutie I mean, to Garcia to Dickinson to Henry Burris, it just <clears throat> goes on and on to not oh, oh, Charles, 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 you're missing somebody. Come on. Mar- Marcus Crandall. Marcus Crandall. Thank you. <laughs> God, my God! I, I, how could you do that, Charles? Jesus! I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it was it was Calgary and BC that were creating the majority of foot uh, quarterbacks in this league, without question. The two of them had very similar, very similar. Um, and systems. once again, and once again, and I keep on harping on this. Um, um, what was that guy's name who was in BC? You know? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Wally, Wally taught how, Huff taught, well, and it's God. all about the quarterbacks, okay? So. Yeah, he's the one that trained Huff. How that works. Yeah. Well, fortunately, Wally's available as a consultant, so uh, that might help CFL offenses. Yeah but, yeah, CFL but, offenses. yeah, but he got Edmonton to hire Chris Jones. Give me a fucking break. Anyways, we got Montreal to get yeah. Danny Machocha too. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right? I mean, what's that? I got news for you. We're like under two minutes to go. Oh, and, I'm uh, watching the Charles. I'm, okay, I'm gonna make a shirt. The show now, unfortunately, I, I, I have to close the show, and I apologize, guys. We're having fun with it. Uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 484. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. We got to talk live today with Phil Miller, the Phil Miller, former uh, podcaster with us on Let's Talk CFL. Uh, say good night, Phil. And is welcome back anytime. Exactly. Good night, guys. Thanks anytime. for letting me call in. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, anytime, buddy. You come back. Uh, Charles, say good night. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. We're getting close. And Rudy. Night, everyone. Uh, it was good, uh, good show tonight. Good talking to Phil and uh, calling next week, Phil. William. Good night, everybody. If we haven't established anything, we've established one thing tonight. You can't be on our podcast if you don't speak English. Hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> good night, everybody. Cheers. I need to.